have an interesting piece of scripture this morning from John, the fifth chapter, and it says verses 1 through 9. But Greg pointed out to me, and we checked it in the Bible and another place, there is no verse 4. It's not in the Bible. There's 1 through 3, 5 through 9, but no verse 4. Somebody explain that to me. It's about Jesus healing on the Sabbath. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool, called in Hebrew, Bethesda, which has five porticoes. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. This is the word of God for the people of God. As I uh, said, it is really a privilege for me to be here this morning. Um, this is one of my favorite texts of all texts. So when you only preach one place, you get to pick one of your favorites. And um, because it's so human, uh, it's such a human story about us and about God and, and God's grace and what God offers us. Um, so it begins, uh, it's in the book of John, as you saw. John is the a fourth of four Gospels in the New Testament. And uh, this uh, takes place, uh, talks about a man who's really, really down. He's been singing the blues. And we all like to sing the blues sometimes. Um, I actually uh, I was trying to learn on the piano an old blues song uh, from way back called Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out. I don't know if anybody ever, ever heard of that song, but... Um, so this man is really singing the blues. He's lame, and he's been unable to walk for 38 years. So he is really down. And uh, the, the story takes place uh, at a place called the Pool of Bethsaida, uh, and that is right there in Jerusalem by the temple. And so it's, um, uh, it's like an infirmary. It's a, it's a healing pool. Uh, it has very warm waters, and when the minerals bubble up, um, it, you know, it's from the minerals, the, the water bubbles up, and there's legend has it that uh, whenever the waters bubble up, that's the angels coming down and stirring the waters. So legend has it that if you get into the pool when the angels are stirring the water, you get healed. So uh, this man's been hanging out at the pool for a long time, and one day Jesus walks by the pool, and uh, as he was on his way to the temple, uh, 
which is right by next to it. And he sees this man, and he has compassion on the man. And uh, so this is where we pick it up in verse 5. I want to say again what Jesus says to the man. Um, he says, do you want to get well? Do you want to be made well? Well, of course, we say he would. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to be made well if you've not been able to walk for 38 years? But wait just a minute. It's really an important question, and it's probably one of the most important questions, if not the most important question this man was ever asked, and it may be the most important question that's ever been asked of you. Do you want to be made well? The reason Jesus asked the question is because it really gets easy to stay in the state that we're in, sick as it is, to just let ourselves be comfortable. It was easy for the man to just go to the pool every day and commiserate with the other people, with the blind and the lame and the paralyzed. And uh, so this man is really down. Uh, he's kind of like the African-American preacher that says, I've been down so long, down ain't down no more. And he's really down. And uh, so Jesus asked him that question. Do you want to be made well? And I like um, the way the King James Version says it. The King James Version says, do you want to be made whole? Which says a lot more, doesn't it? it that's about your, not just your physical, but your spirit, your mind, your body, the totality of who you are. And so um, Jesus asked that question. And Jesus knew that if the man was going to be made well, he had to want it. Now, look what happens in verse 7. Then listen to how the man answers Jesus. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And people right here lies this whole sense of victimization that we have in our culture. I tried, but some, and you know, it's really funny because if you think about what the scripture says, they were lame, they were blind, they were paralyzed. And yet all of those lame, blind, and paralyzed people for all these years, says he was at the pool for many years, just jumped over him so he couldn't get in the pool. Or maybe the man would, uh, if you talk to him further, maybe he would say, if only my wife had come here more often, she could get me in the pool. Or if only my kids would have come, they could get me in the pool. But you see how silly those excuses are when we make them. I was counseling a woman one time. Uh, she was really not very happy. She was in a bad marriage. Her husband was abusive. And as we were talking, everything was about her mother. Uh, her mother was the reason that she got into this bad marriage because her mother was so hard to live with at home. She, nobody could live with her mother, so she jumped into the wrong marriage uh, to get away. And uh, her mother did this and her mother did that. She wanted to go to school, but her mother 
uh, spent all the money on herself because she was selfish and her mother didn't have the money to send her to college. And she went on and on. And so I finally got up and opened the door. And of course, her mother wasn't really there. And I said, Mom, could you step out of the room for a few minutes and closed the door and sat down. And I said, now, your mother's no longer here. Let's talk about you. See, that's what we do. And yet, uh, it's easy to play the, the blame game, just like this man at the pool had done for so many years. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have a man at Esther United Methodist, where I pastor, Uh, Jim is uh, 85 years old. Uh, Jim has had leukemia for at least 10 years. He's also battled a couple other cancers that he's licked. Um, Jim's had two or three strokes. He was just in the hospital recently with a stroke, and it's kind of affected his one side of his face. Uh, In the almost eight years that I've been there, Jim has... um, Uh, We have buried his wife and his daughter. And so uh, if anybody has reason to not jump in the waters, it would be Jim. But Jim doesn't see it that way. He he does our marquee, our sign at the church. And uh, Jim has a stack of books this high with different sayings. And this is not a job for Jim. This is a ministry. And he looks through those books and finds all these different sayings. And then he has another book that that he documents all these years he's been doing this. All these years he's been documenting the saying that he puts up. Uh, I think we have one now that says, uh, I love families. I'd like to meet yours, God. But um, he, Jim... Uh, documents all this, and we, the church is on the same street as Mineral Area College, and a couple of the professors have commented to me about how much they appreciate what's on those signs, and one of them said, I just wish our, I hope our college students are, see, are reading that sign when they drive by. So uh, this is a ministry for Jim, and he is an inspiration to all of us. Um, now, last year, my husband, Jim, who's Jim also, my husband had three major surgeries in two months last year. And, uh, he, you know, he's had back trouble for a long time. Some of you know what that's like to have uh, back aches. And he just fooled with it for so long, and it just got to the point where uh, the, the medicine wasn't helping, and uh, he couldn't walk. I mean, it was at the point where he just could no longer walk. So uh, there were options. Uh, One is that he could um, do nothing. Uh, He could not have to worry about surgery. He could be comfortable. We could get him a wheelchair, or he could lay down. We could make him comfortable, and he wouldn't have to go through all that stuff. Um, Or he could have surgery, and surgery meant, uh, first off, uh, that he would have the surgery behind the neck and uh, be in a neck cast for a month and go from the hospital to a rehab place for a month. And then when he got home, he would um, 
then go back to the hospital and get the lower back done and then again be uh, off for, down for a month and probably take two years to really recover. Uh, he opted for the second choice for the surgery and after many prayers from family and friends and church, um, he's doing great. We went on a Caribbean cruise last February and we're going again this year. And he can't walk every place and he has to stop after walking a little bit, but that's okay. But the reason I tell you this is that he had to make a decision to trust God enough to get up, pick up, and walk. In other words, get into the water. No more excuses. And I realize that everybody's illness is not uh, health-related. Sometimes it's relationships. It may be your job. It may be uh, that you need to be somewhere else other than that job or uh, whatever it is with you. Jesus invites us to be a whole person regardless of the circumstances. Now, I want you to notice that in this story, when the man says, you know, I don't have anybody to help me get in the water, Jesus is compassionate, but compassionate is not being an enabler. Jesus doesn't respond to that comment. Jesus says nothing. He says, take up your, uh, get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Because Jesus knows just a pat on the back and say, yeah, I feel sorry for you, buddy, isn't going to help. Jesus does not buy into that. And so uh, when Jesus said to this man, who has been lame for 38 years, pick up, get up, pick up, and walk, Jesus touched something. That man saw something so amazing in Jesus so amazing that Jesus was able to touch what nobody else could touch. And this man had to reach way down in the very core of his being. He had to touch that part of himself that had not been touched in years. That man had to let go of all the long list of people who had kept him from being who he could be and had to find that place in his soul where the yes resides. The body said it ain't going to happen, but the spirit said yes. He's picking up. He's walking because of the transforming word of Jesus Christ. Jesus speaks And he acts on Jesus' words. And folks, if we are going to be whole, we're going to have to stop looking at the limitless possibilities for ourselves and see the unlimited possibilities for God. Because if we don't, what happens is we become frustrated and we hate. And... I'm sure churches all over the country are talking about what happened in Dallas, uh, what happened in Orlando. And there are many variables to that, and they're all true. We can talk about racism. We can talk about uh, police brutality. uh, We can talk about um, uh, prejudice against police force. All of those things are true. But if you remember in Orlando and in Dallas, 
It was just one person filled with rage and hate. Until we can find that place deep down inside of us that says God and love. We cannot love ourselves or anybody else. So the invitation today is where is that place in you? Where is that place deep down inside of you that hasn't been touched in years? You know that place. That place where there was hope and excitement and purpose and healing. And it all looked possible, but loss or grief or failure or complications happened along the way. And you forgot the unlimited power of Jesus. So today, you and I, we've been invited to be made whole by the power of Jesus. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know most of you, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit is involved. When I pray the night before every sermon, I pray that God will give me something that touches somebody, that touches people, and that this sermon is for a reason for somebody. And I don't know who it is, and I don't know what that looks like for you, but I do know this. This is the question before us today. Do you want to be made whole? Because Jesus is just waiting for some clue, some hint, some sign that he wants to reach down in the basement of your soul into that place that says yes to Jesus. See, miracles, they don't just happen. They happen by divine intervention, but they also happen by human responsibility. God reaches out a hand, and God asks us to reach out a hand and be with God in that. Um, If you look at the Bible stories, look at the story of Peter walking on water. Now, a lot of people just say, you know, I just trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I just want to believe in Jesus and get to heaven. Well, those 11 disciples, they all believed in Jesus. But Peter was the one that acted on Jesus' directive. Peter got out of the boat. Peter is the one that acted on Jesus' directive. You know, anybody can say, I believe. Jesus said anyone can say, Lord, Lord. But as long as we just believe in Jesus and think that our faith gives us no reason to take action, I'm not talking about grace. Grace is unmerited. Grace is unlimited. Grace is free. But God does ask us to work with him in our healing And if we do not see our faith as action, then Jesus will just be to us a ghostly figure. Because remember what the disciples said on the water? He looked like a ghost. When we step out in faith, our daily actions, miracles happen. Look at the feeding of the 5,000. There's no way they could feed 5,000. And they said, Lord, we don't have it. And he said to, to Philip, Philip, you feed them. Well, Philip knew he wasn't going to be able to feed him. But he acted on Jesus' directive. He obeyed Jesus anyway, and he found a little boy with a lunchbox, and and Jesus took care of the rest. 
and it fed 5,000. Faith always requires action. That's how it's different from just saying, well, I believe, just believes. So I think this little text gives us something to think about today. Uh, Do you really mean it when you confess Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And the question is, do you really want to be made whole? And the good news is that if the answer is yes, Jesus can make it happen. I know that Pastor John has told you in many different ways that you are a precious child of God. I know that he has told you that God is a healer God and God does never give up on us. Would you pray with me? Healer God, sometimes stepping out in faith, it's just so hard. And it's just so scary. And we don't want to make fools of ourselves. But we are so thankful that we do not have to do it alone. Help us to trust. Help us to risk. And show us the way to serve you in all that we do, that we might truly enjoy the promise of abundant life. Amen.